disturbing. Hello there, and welcome to Dork Wolves, the podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars and more. My name's Blake, and I'm here with some of the best hosts in the galaxy. We're all here together again. What a great feeling. First off, we have the ever-elusive Grant. My name is Ben. And the funny one, Wesley. I don't need manners when I'm talking to you. What's up, dorks? The commentator, Andrew. If ever I need guidance, Master, it's now. And our very own Jedi Archive, Dietrich. Aren't you a little old and fat to be a podcaster? (laughs) Can you not talk to Andrew that way? That's not very nice, Dietrich. We also have another guest on tonight. She is the... (laughs) She is the wife of the Jedi Archive. She's kind of, I guess she's Jocasta New, maybe? Would that, would that be? Well, she no, can be a little uh, curmudgeonly. Good word. Yeah, do you know what? She is a lot like Jocasta. Anyways, we have Elizabeth on. I think I smell the scent of the failure of this podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, of... if we do well, your husband might make money from this thing. So no. you better smell the success. When I see the money, I'll believe it. <laughs> I need to renegotiate my contract with Andrew, apparently. I think you need to renegotiate your contract with Elizabeth. (laughs) So, uh, Diedrich and Elizabeth are announcing their new podcast, Till Death Do Us Part. Uh, No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. Uh, Tuesdays on CBS. (laughs) The fate of our marriage. You know, it lies with Blake since he married us. I did. I did. I was able to perform uh, Diedrich and Elizabeth's wedding. I was the uh, the officiant, and it was on May the fourth. It was on Star Wars Day. It was it was a great time. I wore Yoda socks. That was my favorite part. Um, so let's just get right into the news now. Hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this. Whoever you. Are. So, we are right in the middle of Star Wars Celebration. We are recording this podcast on the eve of day two of Star Wars Celebration. So, a bunch of announcements, a bunch of trailers, a bunch of news. We've gotten some really cool things, and I want to kind of hone in on a couple. Um, We're not going to spend all our time talking. We could. We could really spend an entire show talking about Celebration, but we're not going to do that. One thing I'm excited about is The Skeleton Crew, starring Jude Law. So the creators of Spider-Man No Way Home, John Watts and Christopher Ford, are executive producers, along with Jon Favreau and Dave Filoni, um, two of the greatest minds in Star Wars. I like to call them Favroni, as their kind of uh, couple name. I think that's (laughs) pretty... We're going to get it trending uh, on Twitter or something. (laughs) But um, what do you guys think about this? We have literally no information on this series other than Jude Law is the main character. I think you just said it right. I, I don't know anything about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to guess. some more info that came out about it, but if you guys want to know about that, you'll have to check out our live from Thursday. Why don't we just tell him about it, Grant? <laughs> I don't know, Blake. Why didn't you tell him about it since you acted like you uh, didn't remember what I said? Obviously, it wasn't important. I just need to know if it's a cartoon because Jude Law's hot. So no, it's definitely it's a live action film, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Jude Law's been in some really, really, really amazing stuff. So I'll be surprised if it's bad. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. It it does center around some children apparently, and they're lost in space. So 
We're kind of going with our theme where a big, strong Star Wars man adopts children. Uh, that's kind of where we're headed with this, I guess. That's the theme of tonight's episodes, too. So another thing that has come out of Celebration is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Takes you into the story of Cal Kestis, where he is running from the Empire, and then he's actively fighting the Empire. It is called Jedi Survivor, and it takes place five years after the original game, which kind of puts it in the same timeline as uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which would be pretty cool. Maybe that's why they saved that announcement for today. But... What are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, did any of you guys play Jedi Fallen Order? Oh, yeah. I watched other people play Jedi Fallen Order on the internet for the storyline because <laughs> I didn't want to buy the game. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shame, dude. It's actually, like, really fun. They do a great It's a job. really good game. Yeah. In all fairness, their track record had not been great up to that point. I agree. Yeah. Well, whose track record? Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. Aren't they being? Isn't EA, EA being bought out right now? Are they? I'm I don't know. sure there was talk about EA being bought out. Wait, I'm talking about the people who made the game. Did EA make that game? Didn't they? I don't think they did. I thought they were the ones who have exclusive rights to all Star Wars games right now, up until like a few no, months they... ago. No, a few years ago. I think Jedi Fallen. I don't know. Let's see, EA's pursuing a sale or merger. But am I wrong? Aren't they the ones who did Fall in Order? Uh, it was Respawn Entertainment. Yeah, Respawn. Yeah. That's right, Respawn. Yeah, I knew I knew it wasn't EA. The last game that EA made, I think, was Battlefront 2. Which wasn't a bad game. I mean, it was a bad launch. <laughs> it was a bad launch. Yeah, it did not, it did but not yeah, launch But yeah, no, well. it is a fun game. Failure to launch. It's a fun game now. Yeah. Um... Uh, but I'm excited about this, guys. the the tra The trailer looks <laughs> the trailer looks baller. The Grand Inquisitor is heavily featured in this trailer, and then you kind of cut away to Cal Kestis in this cave with like this lady in a back to tank, and it's it's mysterious. So can't wait for that. That's going to be some fun stuff. Stranger Things came out today, and that would be Friday, May the twenty seventh, twenty twenty two. So have any of you guys started watching Stranger Things? We just started, and then we stopped to come do this podcast. Oh, that's why Elizabeth's looking at me all mad. Like, <laughs> That's the main reason I'm here, to make sure this moves along. <laughs> I just want to point out that all the episodes are over an hour long. Uh, Yeah, that's because this is it. This is like the final thing. Is it? Is it, though? Is this the final season? No, it's already been confirmed they're doing season five. Yeah, well, so it's not the final season. It's like basically like part one but that is why that they are making them so long so that they can get in as much as possible um to basically be done with it because the kids are getting too old these kids ain't kids no more is that yeah. a good thing though but what, why can't they follow the kids into adulthood that'd be something that would shake it up right like that'd be different because like, the whole the theme is like that weird 80s with the kids vibe doing weird stuff that's mm -hmm. the whole theme of stranger well, things right and now well, they're what about like grungy college kids in the 90s i'd i'd, I'd watch that yeah, i was gonna say what if it moved into the 90s i'd watch it we're in we're in 86 we're only in 86 right now there's still four years of the 80s left in that continuity so no but i mean i don't know i'm i'm actually pretty worried about it i've heard it's actually good but i'm pretty worried if that's why they're making longer so they can Turn an hour and a half into an hour and ten. Uh, I'm not. I don't know. That doesn't sound exciting. Yeah, I, I really hope that it's a lot of story-driven stuff and not just filler. Um, I have seen two episodes already, 
and it has been pretty story driven the entire time and I think it's been excellent thus far okay. um, no complaints here yeah so we're not going to spoil anything for anybody we'll have um, to do a there. Stranger Things podcast one day oh yeah oh we're going to have to so Stranger Things out today go check that out on Netflix um, great show so far that I've seen we do Stranger Wars the podcast it's our next branching out <laughs> Dork things. You know, we should we should just go. I tell you what, we should just talk about like all the uh, the first three seasons of Stranger Things episode by episode tonight, um, like right now. <laughs> well, you know, we did need a recap because I'm I'm kind of lost. There are some things that I don't quite remember, and I think going through everything and dissecting every scene by scene live right now would be the best way for me to recap. <laughs> you know, everything that's right. happened. You know, three out of four of you guys are considered Wyatt's uncles and he's about other dads to, you know not to have those anymore because you all sound like you want to die tonight <laughs> the viewers might be confused <laughs> to who that might be so that that would be our son it's oh, dietrich dietrich is not an uncle because he's the dad yeah that's the man yeah, dietrich's the dad well wyatt's never met grant either i don't think grant grant's an uncle Honorary uncle. Listen, I, I'm just the I'm just the uncle that's been you know six times removed. No one talks about. And <laughs> just there and shows up randomly one day and starts asking for money. My uncle Grant's <laughs> out of prison. Oh, can we can yeah. we tell about that? Can we make that a thing? And then Grant just show up one day at like his tenth birthday. Like you don't know this man. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He's been your he's uncle been Grant's writing you letters from prison. <laughs> I think why well, it's just gonna know your voice automatically from all the video games from whenever he was a baby. I was going to say it definitely at the podcast. We know Dedrick don't listen to the podcast, so <laughs> he did that one time. I didn't finish this. Did so. <laughs> so Dork Wars the podcast has a merchandise store. Merchandising. Merchandising. What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. So we've got Dork Wars the t-shirt, Dork Wars the hoodie, Dork Wars the coffee mug, and yes, we even have Dork Wars the spinny double-bladed lightsaber. That's not true. We don't have that, but we should invest because I think that's the next innovation in lightsaber technology. But anyways, go check out the merchandise store. You can find that on DorkWarsPodcast.com or our Dork Wars link tree. Just type that into Google Dork Wars link tree, and that'll have the links to everywhere that we are, all of the platforms that we stream on. Um, as well as our, our website, you can find our merchandise store, our YouTube channel where we do our lives. Um, just a good time. So if you want to wear Dork Wars everywhere you go, check out the Dork Wars merchandise store. Dork Wars, the podcast is also a part of a lot of other geeky dorky podcasts. And that is the Red 5 Network. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Tonight, we are going to talk about the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. Kenobi! Hello there. First off, I want to start with your guys' initial thoughts on the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, Grant, let's start with you. What, do you. what do you think about this show so far? 
the show is interesting. It's dark. Um, we're seeing a broken Kenobi, and it's very different from what uh, what I expected, but in a good way. And Andrew, what do you, what do you think about Obi Wan Kenobi first two episodes? <clears throat> I think this is the worst Batman film to come out this year. <laughs> well, this is only the second one. No, I'm kidding. I think it's a really good show. I think it's a great show, but I think the villain is just not good. But maybe it'll get better. We'll see. Hmm. Hot take, hot take. Wesley, what do you think about the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi? I'm enjoying it so far. I like Kenobi. I When the show started, I liked the... Uh, what's, what do you call it? The... Uh, the show, or is it? Yeah, well, yeah, when the credits? show started, it, it yeah, when the show started, the recap, like the, the recap. Thank you. Yeah, when the show started, I enjoyed the recap of like Anakin and everything, and and, and so I thought that was well done. Um, I liked uh little little girl Leia. I, I think she's adorable, and I don't I don't like the Inquisitors. They 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 might grow <laughs> on me, but I'm not feeling them right now. Malta, so don't like the Inquisitors. Hmm, okay, okay. So you and Andrew kind of are on the same page here. No. Um, Diedrich, what are your what are your initial thoughts on <laughs> Diedrich, what are your initial thoughts on the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi? Basically, like Wesley stole all my thoughts, and I'm really <laughs> upset about that. I think he might have powers, and I think he went into my mind a little bit there. So, you know, I was like real nostalgic with that first one. They hit me with all the prequel scenes and you know, catching up with all of everybody who survived at least. Um <laughs> I like that they showed a few things and in those that. who didn't, huh? And those oh, who didn't. yeah, yeah, and those who didn't survive. Yeah, I like they showed a few scenes that actually weren't in the original cut of episode three. I don't know if y'all noticed that, but um, didn't like episode two as much. I did not like what? the look of the Inquisitors. After all, so we'll keep on moving. Elizabeth, I must ask you, what are your thoughts on the first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi? So, the fact that I've really only been a Star Wars fan since, I guess, Dietrich and I have been together, been made to watch them all. I mean, that's almost um, been a decade, though. I mean, that's like 10 years. I mean, you guys have been um, together a while. 12 years. Um, but I didn't watch them until we were probably four, going on five years into dating. But um, I actually kind of liked it. Uh, I, was, it was, I was trying to, like, not pay attention at first. I didn't really care. But uh, I did. I paid attention. I'm not a huge fan of the Inquisitors. Um, I think the what is she like? What do they keep calling her? The Robert. third, yeah, or third sister. She's just kind of getting third on my sister, nerves. Yeah. She's really getting on my nerves. Like bad, bad actress, bad character. I it just yeah, she's annoying. Uh, I think they're really trying to make her like a real villain, but I think they're going too far with it. I think yeah. they're just going way too far with it. Marvel villain. Okay. So, you know what? I hadn't thought about that. She does seem kind of like a, a Marvel villain. Like she's Dude, I've... got like this. It's... We'll get into it. So, my initial thoughts on the first two episodes of Obi Wan Kenobi. I like both episodes. The Inquisitors. I don't dislike them. I don't. I don't think I like them as much as as I ought to. I like the Great Inquisitor in Rebels. I, I don't really care for the third sister that much. Um, the fifth brother. Isn't that the fifth brother, the guy with the long head? 
Yes. I think so. Yeah, fifth brother. Yeah. He's okay. He's not adding too much yet. And they do kind of look wonky. I don't want to focus on... I know that we talk about looks, but the Grand Inquisitor really should look more like the uh, the same character of that species, or the same species that he is. And that species is in episode three. I can't think of the name of the species, but they are the natives of Utapau. Pa-on. They got those long... The who? It's, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Like P-A-U-U-A-N. Pa-un. The Pahong? Pa-hung? I don't know. I don't know. Something weird. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Creole. Pahong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he is, he is a Pahong. And um, his head it should be larger. It should be longer. And it's not. Yeah, and it's supposed I, to be. But uh, personally, dude, I am a very casual fan outside of the live action stuff. You know, if it's not live action, like the Rebels and Clone Wars, I haven't watched any of that. So personally, I didn't see any problems with the Grand Inquisitor. I think they did a great job with the Grand right. Inquisitor. I think the writing was great. I think his setting was great. I think his mindset was great. Blake, I'm pretty sure you're the one that told us before I even watched this that news came out about him not... Was it him that was... He didn't watch anything about it? Yeah. Rupert Friend. Yeah. I think he did better than the other three, personally. Even though he didn't look the and- same. You know. And I don't think he brings the same like gravitas, and he doesn't speak the same way the animated Rebels did that made him sound like a real Star Wars villain. So I'll, I'm arguing against you on that. I can understand that, because he doesn't command attention that well, but I think they do that on purpose. Yeah, and I mean, he might still be trying to get the hang of the Grand Inquisitor thing. I guess he's been doing it for like a decade at this point, but still, he can't keep the third sister under control at all. And I, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to go on and say this. I don't think she's going to make it out of this series because we don't ever hear anything else about her ever again. So I think she either dies or turns to some other side, whatever yep. side that may be. But um, no, I, I like the first two episodes. Uh, I think they did a good job. And the Inquisitors, I hope they get better with them. I, I like the idea of the Inquisitors. I just got, I like the idea of the Inquisitors. I just don't like the execution in this. It doesn't seem like they are giving off the same like threat level that they do in Rebels. And maybe that's because they're going against Obi-Wan, because we, we all know Obi-Wan could thrash any of them and I by think himself. part of the problem is that they threw three at us from the get-go, unlike other series yeah. with Rebels where it's one or at the most two at a time. They threw three in the very first scenes. They're kind of becoming minions more so than they've been in the past. You know? I think you guys are missing yeah. a little bit, though. Like I think you guys are just... I... In my opinion, from what I'm seeing, you guys are comparing this too much to Rebels or wherever they came from. Because watching it, I mean, I disagree. I mean, (laughs) the one Jedi that they come up with, he ends up hanging from a city building. Like, I. And he's a minor Jedi, and it took three Inquisitors to take one guy down. So it's like, it most likely didn't. He's a minor character. But I mean, I see, I, like, I see your point. I see. They're not as threatening because it's not one guy. My counter argument to that is the fact that uh, they also mention in that first scene where they go into the bar, uh, they say, why are we all going after this guy? And they're like, well, it's slim pickings at this point. They've killed most of the Jedi, so they can afford to group people up to go at this point, probably. That's a good point. And then the next part of that is the guy does a really like silly old school 80s movie move where he drops the awning and all of a sudden they can't chase him. And they are just like, this is stupid. We're just going to stand here because this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it seems pretty No, I took that as, 
I took that as they were going to let him go in hopes that the, he would lead them to Kenobi. Still, uh, the, but the point is that they're, it's very threatening, you know? Well, I don't know, though. It seems like they were just there for that Jedi. How would they know that Kenobi was on Tatooine? Like, they had no idea. Because Rava's been... Or whatever her sister name is. Second third sister, sister, eighth third. sister, third sister. Third sister. A hundredth, a hundredth cousin twice removed, whatever it might be. <laughs> he didn't, She's did, third didn't cousin at this her? point. The Grand Inquisitor was disciplining her in the very first scene about this chase of finding Kenobi. Yeah, yes, she... So... It may come out that she was only they were only on Tatooine because she followed a lead to Kenobi. Yeah. But we don't know that yet, I guess. And it would be a grand coincidence. It's it seemed implied that yeah. she was kind of trying to lead them towards Kenobi and that they had been there to look for Kenobi and that they failed. I can agree with that. Um Yeah. Join and, me uh, and my side. Uh 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 <laughs> So I do want to kind of back up just for a second to the opening scene of this show with the uh, the younglings and <laughs> our like 500th look at Order 66. Like, did, did that did that scene hold any kind of emotional weight to you guys? I think it was probably the best uh, live action scene we've seen of Order 66, honestly. Yeah, it did look very smooth. I, I liked the, I liked the way that they presented it, and you you could feel like the you could feel the kids just like in horror, and their master dies right in front of them, and then they just get up and keep going, um, and get out of there. I might be a little skewed because it came after like the best intro of any Star Wars show or movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It was like the most emotional intro. They did a really good job on the cut, yeah. so I think I really enjoyed that scene, but looking back, it does seem kind of silly that they're, like, running into a room full of Jedi dying, you know? Yeah, and, and I think it's implied. I think Third Sister is among those in that, that little group. Maybe other Inquisitors. I don't, I don't know for sure. No, they said the Third Sister came from the gutter. Well, they maybe she's that. in the gutter when the Jedi found her first. I don't know. Well, yeah. So actually, does that mean that the Grand Inquisitors come from Jedi? Is that because I don't know? As somebody yeah, who they, doesn't, they know. talk about how the Inquisitors are fallen Jedi who fall to the dark side. Oh, uh, okay. In episode one. Yeah. See. Okay. Cool. The Grand Inquisitor was a temple guard. That was his. Yeah. So maybe she did. She might have been like a. She might have been like you know poor on Coruscant or something, and they brought her up because he was a temple guard then. So maybe he was referring to those times. Might be true. Well, and what. <laughs> And what, why else show that scene at the beginning? Because that really has nothing else to do with anything that happens in Kenobi. Now, I could see if they showed something, a failure of Kenobi specifically, but that in and of itself is not a failure of Kenobi. So why even show that scene anyway with all those kids? What's the point? I thought they were going to show, excuse me, show Grogu because of that oh, scene, yeah. the memory he had in uh, Boca Boba Fett. I thought they were going to try to link it all together because, you know, that's what they're doing. Like Marvel link, links all of their series together in these subtle ways. I thought they were going to do the same thing here, and I was surprised they didn't. I think that's exactly what they did was link it just in their own way. But I had that same thought, Diedrich. I really thought we were going to see little baby Yoda Grogu getting saved from the from the temple right there. And I was like, oh, no, are they going to do this now? Like the first scene and Obi-Wan Kenobi show, are they going to give it to Grogu? Come on, man. And <laughs> they didn't. I'll give them props. They didn't Grogu's do it. Grogu's taking over. Taking all the shows. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad they didn't do it, though. I'm, I'm happy they did not do, do my boy dirty that way. <laughs> but I do want to, I want to talk about 
the the kind of mindset that Kenobi is in in this show. Like he's all about protecting Luke. He's doing what he can for that. He checks in on him all the time. Um, but he is downtrodden, and he is very much the way we find Luke in the Last Jedi. I was going to point out that similarity and be like, y'all going to hate this about it, but here's what I got to yeah. say. So I'm surprised you brought it up. Yes. And, and I mean, that's something I noticed. And I think that's a parallel they're trying to draw here. Um, I know in previous shows, I have personally said that Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda went into hiding for a reason to protect something and to um, save uh, Luke for when he could be trained. And I still think that. And obviously, Kenobi even says that, um, he says to Owen in this episode that when the boy was old enough, we need to train him. When the time comes, he must be trained. Like you trained his father. That's what we need to do. So he still has that intent. And I I had a question about that. Like, and I asked teacher this earlier, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, like, why, why does Obi need to train Luke at all at this point? Well, I think he just wants him to be prepared for if the Inquisitors come after him or if he ever has that decision I, that he has to make. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's thinking right then and there that he's going to train Luke up to fight the Emperor and Vader or if he's just thinking, hey, we need to train him so he can protect himself if these guys come after him. I don't know his mindset here because he is, when he's talking to that other little minor Jedi dude, he is all about go hide, bury your lightsabers in the sand. He even buries his own lightsaber and Anakin's in the sand of Tatooine. Like he is pretty much given up on the Jedi a hundred percent. I think looking back at the OT, I think it's pretty clear that both Obi-Wan and Yoda had ideas of at least trying to overthrow Palpatine with one of the two Skywalker kids. Right. And so they know how important they are. I don't know if maybe Obi-Wan feels this way, but I think it's pretty evident that Yoda did. Because when Luke was like, I don't want to go fight them, and he's like, well, I guess Palpatine's already won in episode five. Yeah. So I think they, they would try, but right now they just know the kids are important. Yeah, I, I agree. that there's like that whole like flashback with Padme when she's like giving birth and she says something to him. About Luke. She says Luke specifically. She names the kids. She says name him Luke. <laughs> she says, she's like Leia, Luke, as, as they pass him, or as the robots pass her, her kids. And then that, that robot's like, Oompa. And then she dies. <laughs> I definitely thought she said more, but whatever. No, Elizabeth is, is on the right track, actually, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, Padme that says it. It's actually Yoda and Obi-Wan talk after they're born when they split them up. And uh, I actually put up this, the script here because I was remembering it the same way. And um, Obi-Wan says, and one of the boy, Yoda says that's between his family, yada, yada. And Obi-Wan asks, uh, I'll take the child and watch over him. Master Yoda, do you think Anakin's twins will be able to defeat Darth Sidious? And Yoda straight up says, strong the force uh, runs in the Skywalker line. Hope we can. Done it is. Until the time is right, disappear we will. So the, basically there, to me, it's saying, yeah, th they're our only hope. And so that's the reason why they should be trained. Yeah, they're going to try. Okay, so, so why, why has Obi-Wan buried his stuff in the sand? Because why is he... How is that... Okay, are you, I don't know if you're asking this as like a, like a devil's advocate kind of thing. How's, how's he going to train him without a lightsaber? Look, man, the idea is that a child needs to grow up. And in order for him to survive... He cannot be a Jedi. He cannot be caught with his lightsaber. 
So it seems right that he would get rid of his lightsaber in a safe place that he could recover it later at a time that he will need it. So it's very obvious that he has not given up on the Jedi. That's not the case at all. He just cannot explain to other Jedi that they need to go into hiding until a future date that no one will know because they might yeah. be able to save them. Like they might be able, you know, there's hope. Yeah. So I, it's, I disagree I with, agree with that. I do not think that he's given up on them. It's just, I mean, a new hope starts with him being how old? Really, really, really old. And he's at that point still not known as a Jedi. Not really. Well, it's only 10 years from now. Or nine yeah, years. I'm about to say 9 to 10 years from now. I don't know, man. Dude, they made it seem like he was really Obi-Wan's old. about to have a really rough 9 years. Okay? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but going off of what Andrew said, Andrew, I think you're completely right on this, man. Like, um, Think about how in the second episode, Leia sees his uh, sees Obi-Wan's lightsaber and says, Are you a Jedi? And just you know, signified that with it. So he can't even carry it around without people without drawing attention to himself. And the whole point is for him to lay low. So by him burying it in the sand and be able to go get it later when he needs it, it isn't him giving up. It's him just protecting himself and being patient and hidden the way that him and Yoda had talked about. Well, that Jawa scene is really important where he is offered to buy Jedi stuff where you would think that most people would buy it, but to make sure he has absolutely no suspicion at all. Ties to the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, not to mention that the Jawa literally steals stuff from him and tries to sell it back to him. So had (laughs) Obi-Wan had his lightsaber there with him, don't you think the Jawa would have found it and turned him in for the nice master reward? That's one of my. That's one of the funniest uh, scenes. <laughs> There's not a lot of humor, in, but that that is hilarious. That is scene great. was funny. He it's told a bit him, of British humor. He, told him, he said, "Situation." I, really, I think it's hilarious that the first words that Obi Wan speaks in the entire series is to the Jawa too. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't "Hello there, Jawa." He didn't say that. <laughs> um, he should have though. If I don't get a hello there soon, I'm gonna die. <laughs> what if we never get one? I just need him to say hello there. Oh my god! Um, one star. But yeah, I did think it was funny. I thought it was a funny scene. But yeah, it it does seem. I think you guys are on the right track here. Obi Wan is playing the downtrodden, giving up hope. But really, he has that hope, and he's just waiting. He's biding his time until um, Aunt Brew and Uncle Owen are. Uh, weenies at the weenie roast, I guess, <laughs> to train Luke. Um, it, it really seems that he's, but I think he's trying to train him now, though. I think he's trying to start his training because you know, as a yeah. Jedi, you're supposed to start your training pretty young. Yeah. But Uncle Owen's not having it, so Owen's got a point. Yeah, and Owen does have a point. You know, I mean, it does. It does seem like most of the trailer scenes are in these first two episodes, which I do enjoy because that means like the rest of the series is wide open. But yeah, he's got that. He's got that that fire meme uh, line now. I mean, it's become a meme everywhere, right? Oh, like your father, like you trained his father. Like, <laughs> oh. the boy needs to be trained. Ooh, <laughs> like you trained his father. Yeah, and I really wanted all the the citizens of Tatooine to drop what they were doing and go, ooh, burn! But they didn't do that. Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside. He's a he's a but really he good does actor. have a point. I think he stole that scene. He did. I, I think he does good in all the scenes. I, it brings it back, dude. I think the re- another reason why he was so, so elevated in that scene is I really think that the third sister did a terrible job, and I don't know if it's her fault. I don't know if it was the direction. I don't know what the problem was, the and maybe. I don't want to blame her. I don't think any hate needs to go towards her. 
actress herself, you know, I just think it was not a good character. It was unlikable. Yeah. And not, like, hateable and lovable like you want a villain, like Darth Vader. Yeah. Someone you love to hate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Someone you love to hate, yeah. Just someone you hate to watch. For her, I just didn't want to... I... And then episode two with parkour for four or five different scenes that it kept cutting to like her her (laughs) motions and all of those just looked so unnatural and not like not at all fluid at all it just looked so bad with her and it it was like her specifically all the other ones look kind of fine better but anything that she did just looked not fluid well maybe she's supposed to seem maybe she's supposed to seem like she's not as good as these other inquisitors maybe she's supposed to she i mean they pretty much tell her like she's the weakest one Maybe maybe this is what it is. Yeah, for the weakest one, she sure did stab the apparent strongest one pretty good. It reminds yeah, me. Yeah, but of- you know he doesn't die because he's in Rebels. We know he's not dead, so she did a she did a bad job. She did a bad job at killing him. <laughs> Here's my theory on that. Actually, my theory because we talked about how this Grand Inquisitor uh, looks different. His head's smaller, not as tall, long, I guess, and his personality's completely different. What if it's a different Grand Inquisitor? Huh. And there's a different Grand Inquisitor in Rebels, and he dies right there, and we all thought, oh, he can't die because, you know, he's in Rebels. Uh, my, my theory is that they, they bring him back from the dead because of that line from Rebels where the Grand Inquisitor says, there are worse things than death. Yeah. And in the comics, his mm. soul is retained by Darth Vader and put in a Jedi Temple to guard a Jedi Temple, his, like, his essence. Kind of like Exar Kun in the EU has his essence on that temple in Yavon. It's the same th- type of thing. He has the Grand Inquisitor's uh, presence in that temple, and Luke actually fights the the spirit of the Grand Inquisitor later on down the line. So, I don't know, maybe this has something to do with all that. That'd be, that'd be some pretty cool backstory and some pretty deep cuts, I think, for, for what Star Wars usually does with these shows. A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. So then can we discuss the third Inquisitor? I don't remember the name. I don't fifth remember. Brother. The fifth brother? The fifth brother or the other one, or the other girl that shows up. Not the third sister, but the, there's three of them. There's three Inquisitors. Is it the fifth brother? Yeah, fifth brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one with the hat. And then I don't remember what the other sister is that shows up. There's another one? Did I miss a scene? Yeah, another one shows up in the second episode. Oh, I think I might have missed something. But I really liked him, uh, the fifth brother. I thought he did a good job. I thought his character was a good right to for like what he was trying to I see what they were trying to do. I don't completely agree with it, but I don't know. I think we're going to see... Andrew hmm? Andrew's going to hate me, but I'm going to just revert back to Rebels again. In Rebels, he seemed a little more alien. Or I mean, like, I'm, that's, not just yeah. that. He seemed he seemed more sinister in Rebels and more than aggressive. He does in this. And also larger. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you got. We have to remember there's still nine years between this show and Rebels, uh, give or take eight, but eight you would, or nine years at this point. But you would think that their character development would stay sort of in the same vein, you know? Like he, a villain is not going to change that much in nine years. I mean, come on, like his, really? His, I think Anakin would beg to differ. No, that's point. different. He's a main villain. This is the, he's a part of a group. Now, how is it different? He fell to the dark side. These guys were all Jedi's. They fell to the dark side. How is it any different, Blake? They, but he, but he fell. He felt that's his fall. That's his fall to the dark side. Okay, so Darth well, Vader. You know, do people fall at the same rate of speed in the Force? Everyone is different in the Force, Blake. But he, did, but he's not falling. He's not falling. He has fallen. He has fallen. 
She's not a bad guy. She's, it doesn't matter. I mean, the Inquisitor may be slightly dark side, not full dark side. I mean, think of KOTOR. <laughs> you can be slightly good, slightly bad, fully bad, fully good. I don't agree with that, okay? The argument that I have is that I have never seen Rebels, and what I got from it is that they were very militaristic. It, it wasn't about hate. It wasn't about channeling the dark side, which I guess it probably should have been, but what I got was very militaristic style of we just need to get this done. Let's stop being emotional. Let's get this done. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it seemed well, like. To be honest with you, Andrew, that's how they are in Rebels. It's, it's, it's really less about, because they're not Sith, right? They're, they're just Force sensitives who are working for Vader. They very much and, so channel the dark side, though. That's... But they do, cha- yeah, they do channel the dark side. I'm not saying they don't. They're just not Sith. It's not. Yeah, I mean, a- she reads the dude's mind. Yeah, it's less about it's less about the dark arts of the Sith and more about yeah, this is what we do. We've been conscripted to do this, and it's it's our it's it's basically our day job. That's what they treat it as, except for maybe the Grand Inquisitor. He seems to have ambition where the others do not. In in all media that I've seen them in. So coming from like an outsider who really doesn't watch like any of this, unless I just happen to walk in a room when it's on, I think the the three of them when you first see them. I would not have thought that the main guy, the Grand Inquisitor, was the leader at all. He seemed really passive to me. Even though he was standing in front of three people? In his yeah, but his, <laughs> yeah, but his character was so passive. Maybe he's slightly faster, Andrew. He just seems really passive. And then she, the third sister, she seems super aggressive. So it's like, it almost seems like she started to try to make up for him being kind of passive. And then the fifth brother, he was, he seemed a little intimidating and I really had hope for him. And I thought he was going to put the third sister in her place when it was just like the two of them. But then he was just kind of like, hey, get your shit together and let's She's got on. two whole numbers above him. So there's like a hierarchy, <laughs> like it's, it's your ranking. There's definitely a power struggle. But she's at the bottom, man. She's at the bottom. Yeah, there is a... I agree with you, Wesley. You'd think that the Grand Inquisitor would have enough power to just be like, hey, you can go on a different assignment. Like, he, why wouldn't he? But I think he wants to keep her close to him because she's so unruly. Well, in a lot of media, Darth Vader is the head of the Inquisitors, although the Grand Inquisitor is like the number two in that hierarchy there. Yeah, he's okay. like he's like so. Darth Vader is the regional manager, and the Grand Inquisitor is the assistant <laughs> to, to the, the regional, regional manager. I'm assistant regional manager. I should know first. Assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, okay. So please hold on, please. I don't mean to side rail and derail because we've been talking about this for a while. Can we please talk about this awesome character, dude, Hadra Estri? Is this a character that has been in Star Wars? I have never seen him before. I would like to see. Nah, bro, that's new. Him. I liked him. Which he was funny. Was he? Which one was he? He was the he was the dude who was the pretending Jedi. to be a Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He was funny. He always he does comedic hilarious. roles pretty well. We get that he's supposed to be a serious character. Like he he does drive the plot, and I like that. But he does it in a funny way. But seeing uh seeing the faux Jedi there, I, I like it. He um they come in and there's like oh there's a Jedi. I can take you to this Jedi, and. They take him to the quote-unquote Jedi, and it is just this dude, like, with all these connections. He does have a lot of connections, and he's just doing things for people and getting paid for it. Like, what, like that's, that's a cool concept for a character. I don't think we've ever seen that 
kind of character in Star Wars. Thought it was very original. No, yeah, no, you're right on it. Yeah, never seen someone like impersonate a Jedi to <laughs> to make money. Yeah, that was different. <laughs> yeah, it was different, and I mean, at great personal risk because the Jedi are like, you have to kill the Jedi now. Like they're they're out. The Jedi, the time of the Jedi is over. We have to turn all the Jedi in. So he's he's kind of <laughs> taking a risk, but he brings like a lightheartedness to all the seriousness in that episode. Because I mean, everything that Obi Wan's been through so far is pretty heavy stuff. I mean, just you can tell he's depressed and downtrodden. He's he's having second thoughts about everything. Like he's questioning himself, like what he's doing. He didn't think he's doing a great job, and like he doesn't even want to go save Leia. He he wants someone else to do it. Like he's in this place where he's just sad and can't get out of this hole he's dug himself in. And then you have the the funny fake Jedi guy come in. <laughs> And essentially saves the day too. Like not only there, there's a glimmer of hope. So I hope we do see more of this character in this show. I don't know that we will, but I would like to. Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised he didn't die. He definitely should have died. He gives me a lot of Hondo Onaka vibes. Uh, so I, it, like does. the way he was, you know, using it for money and had all these connections. I'm like, did this guy work for, with Hondo for a bit? Because that would make complete and total sense. <laughs> You know, and you, you know what, Grant? What if he is working with Honda? Why why the change of heart so rapidly? Like, why all of a sudden is he so willing to help Obi-Wan? I'm about to say, if Honda shows up and says, my friends! And then, and then Obi-Wan looks at him and he's like, hello there. Oh, gosh. That would be great. But I want to talk about uh, Princess Leia here for a minute. Princess Leia is a snarky, sassy, lovable little character. Like, I, I like little Leia. I feel like Leia would be my daughter. <laughs> if I had a, if I had a little girl, that would be her. That that would be that would be what we'd be getting into. That that essentially is my daughter, but um facts. <laughs> just Big runs facts. off and mouths off. And the way that she can deconstruct somebody by just like looking at them and listening to them talk for a few minutes and just Pretty much pick apart their entire person, get down to their soul, and make them feel really bad about it. Like, dude, she is a it's beast. It's the force. That's how she's using the force subconsciously. That's her force power. Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, it's implied that she is definitely using the force to kind of dig into these people's souls. But it's kind of it's kind of dark if you think about it. Like the way she can like just somewhere in the back of the tank, Anakin has a proud dad tear rolling down his cheek. but the similarities that we see we don't get to see luke in this like up close in this episode like any interactions with him or even any lines or him talking or anything but leia really does have a lot of anakin and padme in her oh dude when when obi-wan's sitting there i kind of choked up there where he's like you remind me of someone i'm just like yeah i like the call back to padme i about cried oh my god i did too Oh, I did too. I about cried. And I thought he was talking about Anakin mm-hmm. at first, and then, you know, he was talking about Padme. But he's he's kind of trying to shut Anakin out of his life now. It's like a bad breakup, you know, like Wesley and Mace Windu. He's just trying not to get yet. rid of all the Anakin feels. <laughs> no, that's not true. Not, I mean, not really, not yet. He's forgotten about him at this point. No, he didn't forget about him. He straight up had a nightmare about this guy, just like... <laughs> yeah, but doesn't he have the nightmare after he discovers that no, he's still alive? No, he discovers he's still alive at the end of episode two, and he has the nightmare in episode one. Yeah. 
He learns about Darth Vader being still very much so alive and active at the end of episode yeah. two, right? Yeah, the, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the very last scene. But and it, and it's close to the end of this scene where Leia, poor little Leia, like is is walking off and like Obi Wan just stops and observes her and is just you remind me of someone and then they talk about Padme. They talk about that child's mother and oh, it's it it tears at the heartstrings. Like I was so like. I about I about cried. Like, I, I was close. Yeah, and just to clarify, Obi Wan did not tell yeah, her it was I, her I, mother. You know, I was wondering if that was going to happen or not. I wonder if Leia knows that she's adopted. Because she, 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 yeah, she knows. Because her her cousin told her that she's not a real Organa, and she didn't go like. Well, I mean, you know, her, like she her she cousin's also knows. a jerk. I mean, at a certain point, if someone's just well, trying... with her little force power intuitiveness, I think she would figure it out. I mean, maybe, but I, it's just wondering, because you think about kids at that point, someone like Leia would probably just not even really take what they're saying true and consider it, because it's someone that's always trying to be mean to her, so it's just like, they'll say whatever. She's still a kid. And I'm going to say this, okay, and we can cut this out of the podcast. We can edit this out, but she's a lot lighter skinned than the rest of them. I'm no, there's just nothing to cut that. out of the podcast. I mean, it is very obviously she has got very white, pale <clears throat> skin, and everyone else is very <laughs> Spanish. I mean, I don't know what ethnicity it is, but it's very obvious. I mean, they make a point of it. They tell her that she looks different. I mean, it's a big point of yeah, the show. Yeah, that's true. Bale. Who's Bale in real life? What's his name? Schmidt? I don't Jimmy know. Schmidt? I just know him as the Cholo in it's Sons Jimmy of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Either, so either way, yeah. So he's <laughs> definitely Hispanic, right? It's Jimmy Schmitz. Yeah. Jimmy Schmitz. Yeah, okay. yeah, his actual ethnicity is. But I don't know, like, in Star Wars, you know, what the Organa family is. He's Alderanian. Seeing Alderaan not be just asteroids is actually a nice change of pace. Yeah, this is the second time we've seen Alderaan um, in live action. First times in episode three, you know, you fly by, and now we get to see like the landscape, and it's a it's a pretty planet. I'm sad yeah. that it had to be destroyed for the good of the empire. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler warning: absolutely nothing. Um, you may fire when ready. What? <laughs> So it seems like we've hit a lot of the high points in in this in in these couple of episodes. One more thing I want to touch on, and, and we're gonna go way back to the first episode. And we were just talking about Obi Wan's nightmare, right? He's he's having the dreams of um, him failing Anakin, and all of his regrets and all of his worst fears are just culminated in his dreams and, and worst fears and nightmares. And he wakes up, and the first thing he does is call out to his master, calls out to Qui-Gon. So we can infer from this that he has not contacted Qui-Gon Jinn at this point. The training that Yoda has given him to contact Qui-Gon has not gone as planned. Or it's just not uh, bore any fruit yet, I guess. And I also think that, that kind of foreshadows that maybe it will later in the show. Maybe. Oh, I... I think it it sure does. I think that's I think that's the point. Like this is what we're working towards. He's working towards where he can talk to Qui-Gon. Wouldn't it be crazy if when Hayden Christensen meets up with you and if Liam Neeson comes on there he's like, "Boys, boys, this is not how I left y'all." <laughs> <laughs> like what has happened in the in the few years I died? 
I mean, it'd be it'd be very interesting to see uh, see that dynamic of the father coming in to scold his two kids. Like, how dare you? You see how your younger brother turned out? It's all your fault. Uh, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's all Obi Wan's fault. I don't think it is. I think he's too hard on himself. But I think that's what Obi Wan thinks, though. <laughs> like, I I know I don't think it's Obi Wan's fault, but Obi Wan definitely thinks it is. And so I think really what Liam needs to be like, it's not your fault. I want to stop you in the middle of this very entertaining thought. But I think that's what we're working towards, him communing with Qui-Gon. And uh, I want to see this. I want to see Liam Neeson. One one point I do want to make, if Liam Neeson were to show himself to Darth Vader, I think he would have a chance at turning Anakin back to the light side because he's that good. He can't show himself. Loves, he can only speak. Qui-Gon. That's true. He, he can only speak. He never finished his Force Ghost true. training. That's true. And we may we might get a retcon of that. I'm not sure. I I I hope they keep with some continuity here, but maybe there will be a special circumstance. You never know. You know how these things go. Listen, if it means Liam Neeson comes back to Star Wars, I'm okay with the retcon. It would probably make more sense yeah. that he'll do a voice acting. There will probably be some sort of voice. Probably not a yeah. Who voiced like in Clone Wars? CGI Who voiced Qui Gon? I'm pretty sure Liam Neeson came back. I think he yeah. came back for that. Who's the Force Ghost, right? Yeah, on Mortis. Did he? Did he have? Any? And the Yoda. Oh yes, that was the it. Yoda. Uh, the Yoda. That's right. He did come back in Mortis. So, okay. So I could see. I don't know, man. Liam Liam Neeson uh, said a couple months ago he wasn't into the small screen. So I don't even think he he trifle with that kind of stuff. I don't know. So if it wasn't Liam Neeson in Clone Wars, maybe whoever voices him in Clone Wars will do that. That Mickey Mouse money, though. <laughs> I was about to say yeah, I could easily see him getting money, $500,000 to voice act something and then someone else gets $500,000 <laughs> to CGI him in I mean it I will be surprised if we don't see Qui-Gon or we don't hear from Qui-Gon especially after Obi-Wan tried to talk to him yeah that scene is definitely pointing that way and a big thing in these years between A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith one of the one of the solid things we know is that Obi-Wan has communed with Qui-Gon before this show or before that is one of the the foundational points of this era so i think if we don't see that in this show that's going to be a, a huge detriment to its popularity well i just i just wanted to point out because nobody else did Tamura morrison is in like he makes an appearance yeah it's a really big deal yeah i forgot about that yeah. it's small but it's like a really big deal so this really <laughs> shows how they treat the clones in the new empire they're getting older they are they're the Vietnam vets. now. Yeah, I mean, this is really a kind of an allegory of how we treat our veterans sometimes. Like you see the homeless vets on the side of the street, and this that, and they can't make ends meet. This is this is kind of like that, and it's really sad to see. I did like seeing Tamora Morrison. Um, he he played a very convincing old clone trooper. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll get more Tamora Morrison in this. Uh, yeah, in this series. I was hoping to maybe see a nice Commander Cody or Captain Rex iteration or something of that nature. Yeah, it was a little disappointing. That it was just like a random clone, but it might just be the beginning. What was really great about that scene, though, I think when Obi Wan saw him, he kind of had that moment. Where he was like, "I kind of want to kill this guy," but then he ended up giving him food or something, right? Oh, oh you're right. Oh, yeah. the order. So that means like yeah. remember um Kanan is always like hesitant around clones, but Obi-Wan mm -hmm. being a master is like able to get over it really quickly. You know? Yeah. 
That's a, that's a... Well, he detailed. He, he realizes that the the clones didn't. They had no choice. Like, and I think oh, Obi-Wan it gets even worse that. because I, I so. just realized that that clone is from the five hundred first. So, uh, yeah, he, he's part of the genocide crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they just wow. toss him on the side of the street like one of Andy's broken toys in the Toy Story franchise. That's sad. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Last little tidbit. Uh, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, kind of had yeah. a big minor role. Yeah. Kind of random. And he didn't even have any drumsticks in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Was yeah, he DJ. one of the uh, the gangsters, the, the people band. who kidnapped Leia? He's the head yeah. gangster. He's the lead guy. Yeah, the head one. Okay, so I'm really glad that y'all brought that up because that's the only reason that I really wanted to come on tonight. Who did you guys think before you got to that point actually like hired them to kidnap Leah? Because these two, Wesley and Dietrich, were wrong and I was right. So that's like the main reason oh, I wanted to come on. Yeah. For, for one, this is the motive why she wants to be on here is just to say, I'm right. They were wrong. For one, I forgot Elizabeth was here. And sorry. That's because you guys um, keep fighting over each other. I don't know that much. So I'm not going to sit here and try to fight with my opinion that's probably never wrong. never stopped you before. That has never stopped you before. That's different. Um, I've had a dog in other fights. <laughs> I don't in this. This is not my realm at all. Okay. So, um. Don't lie. I can see your face. <laughs> Who did I think hired? I, I didn't know. I, I really didn't know. I just thought that it was a plot to kidnap Princess Leia. Like, they, I thought the Empire may have found out that Bail Organa was kind of dabbling in the rebel stuff and chose to uh, come get his daughter to kind of make him pay for it. That was, that was kind yeah, of they my, did a, I mean, my... they did a really good job of not making it obvious that that was happening. So, congratulations, yeah. Elizabeth. You are so yeah. smart. I'm with Elizabeth, though. Like, I, from the I, very beginning, I, I, I'm I, like, I, okay, so this literally, it set it up. The third sister was concerned about Kenobi, and Kenobi and Bail Organa are known to be friends, or were friends 10 years ago, so why not? That I mean, that may be her only bait. It, it just made sense. Well, and I didn't, I, mean, I didn't think about it like that, but that's also because, like, like I said, this is not my realm of like big yeah. things. So, I, I just was like, okay, this has to be another one of her going rogue things. But I think that's another reason that she annoys me so much, and I get really annoyed with the Inquisitors and don't like them is because I feel like the Grand Inquisitor, being the Grand Inquisitor should know all of her moves before she makes them and he doesn't so it's like mm, you kind of suck with this. yeah i mean he's he's really not that i mean he's he's probably the best one out of him but he's he's really not that great i mean then why does he have the Rebels, title of grand inquisitor yeah. i'm in line with grant thinking that he might get revived or whatever not revived but resurrected nah my, my thing is that he gets completely replaced it's Dietrich thinking he gets revived. Oh. oh. Now, in the Vader comics, though, it is that Grand Inquisitor that becomes Grand Inquisitor before all of this even happens. At the at the very beginning of the, the Empire. That's, yeah, that's in the Vader comics. But, but 20, Rebels uh, takes place after this. So, you know, it could be a different Grand yeah, Inquisitor than Rebels right. from this, is what I'm saying. 
So it is explainable. It's not out of the realm of explainable. It's just it kind of is whack right now. I like I. So I do want to go back just for a moment about the Bail Organa Obi Wan friendship. So who who knew that Obi Wan and Bail Organa were like the best of friends? Because I didn't get the impression that they were that good of friends until crap hit the fan. I mean, honestly. I mean, where do you go to when stuff goes bad? Where do you go to when you need help? Your friends. How many other? Well, even, how many other have his like? How many other people was he in the war with, whose children that they kidnapped, <laughs> or could have kidnapped? <laughs> there are several episodes of Rebels where the characters Bail, Obi Wan, Padme, and Jar Jar interact and are you seen colluding Wars? together. So I think it's well known, at least amongst the senators, that Bail had friends within the Jedi. And possibly even knew a name of Kenobi. That's true. I want to see more That's Jar Jar Binks. Let me see. Oh, Jar- I want to see Jar Jar come back. We oh, haven't man. seen him since the end of uh, Elizabeth. Of the Sith. You just reminded me of something that's kind of crazy. So if you watch the intro, if you watch yeah, he's the in intro, because I got really it. excited. And when he appears, when he appears, the words "dark side" are said, and then he disappears. <gasps> I'm just letting you know that. It's a conspiracy. Oh, I just bomb. got super excited at seeing him and went, Jar Jar What if Jar Jar is one of the Inquisitors? Misa the Grand Inquisitor now. Misa Bombad Grand Inquisitor. He's the next Inquisitor. He's the one with a long head. It's just a, it's like a mask. It's like a Halloween mask. <laughs> long head that encloses you. Jar Jar is the first brother. Jar Jar is the grandest Bombad Inquisitor. <laughs> so I really think that, uh, that uh, Reva is the wily coyote of this series and Obi-Wan is the roadrunner. Like we're gonna we're gonna keep getting these Reva comes up with these plots to get Obi Wan and then he scampers away paints a paints a hole in a rock gets through it and then Reva comes by and smacks the rock like I think that's that's what we're going for. I need her to die. <laughs> well, I, I think I think chances of her not surviving this series are pretty good. We have four more episodes to figure it out. Are you sure? I think Obi Wan. Right. I mean, couldn't Obi Wan die? No. I think Obi Wan could die, and then uh, Ben would be left. I think you can always die and be brought back by Secrets of the Dark Side now. So all bets are I off. I mean, beyond Secrets of the Dark Side, I mean, we could say, oh, he did some time travel nonsense and was stuck in between worlds in the in the Rebels nonsense. Oh, let's, and that's how okay. why he's so much older. Right, keep... So now it's... I think anything is possible in Star Wars because none of it actually makes sense. Anything is possible through <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just and with that. No, <laughs> I think maybe we need to. I think, I think we're getting into a very strange realm of thought. It is late here on the East Coast when we are recording this right now, and everyone is going all crazy talking about time travels and all that sorts of stuff. All right, I got one gripe, and then I'm done. Okay, I'm getting Bad Batch vibes from Obi Wan hanging out with Leia in the same way we had um, Omega and Experimental Unit Clone Force ninety nine. They call themselves the Bad Batch. Omega. What was Omega. the leader? What's the leader's name Hunter. of the Bad Batch? Hunter. 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 Like, there's so many little scenes when they were in that <laughs> chase, like chasing through the city, that I was reminded of Bad Batch, and I'm like, same kind of deal. Yeah. But it's one mission. It did. He's gonna return her, and then he, and then he's gonna go back to Tatooine because we know that that's what happened. Yeah. You I, know, it's like so soon, though. I mean, how do you know? We definitely don't know. We know for sure that Leia knows who Obi Wan is. Knows that he can help her, but is not so close to him that they are really good friends. And if they were together for yeah. 
you know, 10 episodes or whatever, six episodes or whatever we're about to watch, then that's definitely would be the case in my opinion. I'm just saying the theme of Disney Star Wars seems to be older adult male helping a small child. That's that's Disney Star Wars. I mean, so that would be like like Andrew taking Grant under his wing and shuffling <laughs> him across the galaxy. You guys could be a Disney. I mean, show. as long as I get the money for it, I'm fine. <laughs> so let's go on and let's go on and rate these two episodes we're not going to rate them individually we're going to rate them as one because they feel like one big episode to me because i watched them at the same time i would disagree so, with that though because i feel so differently about each episode well that's like, okay it's like balance it out, rate them. Balance it out. <laughs> i agree that's true i agree i mean you're right though they are they are totally different so do, do you want to rate these things separate or do you want to rate Kenobi's Kenobi so far together. That's so it's spe- what? spicy. Like can we do a average? hold on? Can we do a quick breakdown of the last episode, scene by scene? I'm gonna stop you right there. <laughs> Let's do them together. Yeah, I think we should break down the third episode, scene by scene. Even though I hadn't seen it yet, I heard some leaks online and they're interesting. Batman again. We'll get all Mike Zero <laughs> oh, on it. God. Let's rate this thing. We're gonna do average. Uh, we're going to average out our scores for each episode and just do Kenobi so far. So, Grant, starting with you, what do you think of Kenobi so far? Rating 1 out of 10. 7.8. Ooh. All right, uh, Wesley, coming to you now. Your rating for Obi-Wan Kenobi so far. 6.9. 6. <laughs> 6.9. Hey. <laughs> See what you did there. Don't elaborate or just leave it. We've we talked it off. <laughs> I like the way <laughs> we elaborated. Andrew, your rating of Obi Wan Kenobi so far: eight point five. First episode was great. Second episode was all right. Third sister sucks. <laughs> and go back to Wesley's rating. Um, so Dietrich, your rating of Obi Wan Kenobi so far: I'm gonna go with a solid seven. You you didn't sound too solid. I'm about not it, super convinced. Like I want more from this. So there needs to be more to make it a thing that they went to all the hype for that I've been waiting for for years. I I think that it's there. It could be, but I'm not like fully like right where to say like it's good yet. You know, patience, patience. Like I mean, we've seen two episodes. There's four more, dude. Calm down. I mean, we can do it. Calm down. We're gonna get there. We'll get there. Elizabeth, I don't know. Don't make me regret this. What is your rating for Kenobi so far? I was actually gonna. Wow, now I kind of want to be and say like a four, but I was actually gonna say like a six point seven. I was interested, Ooh. but it didn't hold me completely. And I agree, the third sister sucks. <laughs> but don't worry, you get to watch the next four episodes. It could still grab you, you know. Uh, she's got to die for it to grab me. <laughs> Oh, I mean, that's probably going to be the last episode. So, Blake, what is, so Blake, your, rating? What is your rating of this episode? <laughs> or the, the show? And let me tear down that rating by saying it's only been two episodes, and you can't have a, a valid judgment based on two episodes. Listen, no you what. can't have an opinion, Blake. Why I are we even asking him? I just think, well, I mean, I don't mind your opinion. I'm just saying, like, just I don't get what the hype's about over the whole series. I mean, anecdotally. Anecdotally. I agree with Blake. I don't... You can tear down my eight 
My solid eight score. Not my so- solid eight score. My solid eight solid score. Solid eight score. Solid eight score. So ultimately, me and Blake score. are arguing about one point, by the way. Just so y'all realize what's happening here. We are literally on, on <laughs> our one solid point. You guys are at each other's necks. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't arguing about your point. I'm a... I'm okay with your seven rating. I don't have a problem. It was just, it was just the explanation. I had something to add to the explanation. All right, all right. Every inch matters. <laughs> Talk about Wesley's thing relevant to this. Excuse me, Wesley. I would say the ocean of the motion. Wait, the motion of the ocean. Oh God. I feel like this podcast actually just needs to be called. <laughs> so I really like. The first episode, I like the introduction to who Obi Wan is now. Uh, we get to see kind of the the more depressed and downtrodden Obi Wan, but still making it through on the hope of Luke. Um, the second episode, I, I enjoyed the second episode. I like seeing Baby Leia and her misadventures. Uh, her personality is what really sold me on that second episode. Um, Kenobi was not the star of the second episode at all, by any means. And I don't think he was upstaged in a way that takes away from his character. So I'm I'm not really mad about it. So I'm going to give it a solid 8 for my score. But with that, we should turn it over now to Master Yoda for the word of the week. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Hmm. Organa, the word of the week is... <laughs> So you're talking about the uh, family of Leia Organa. She was adopted to. We get a lot of their family in the second episode. We get like that really um, crappy cousin character who's really mean. And we get Bail Organa and his wife. I can't remember her name. Hmm, Priya, her name is. (laughs) Well, that's a good catch, Master Yoda. You, you, You truly do know everything. So Leia in this series has this uncanny ability to kind of deconstruct everyone she meets and learn their innermost secrets and kind of just spill them out at them until they feel really bad about themselves. Yes, like me she is. <laughs> yeah, she she is pretty stubborn and mean to everyone, so I, I kind of get that. Hmm, just the truth it is. <laughs> And with that, that is another great episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Find Dork Wars the Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. You can just type in Dork Wars Podcast in the search bar. We'll pop up. Uh, go check out our shows if you hadn't been listening to us very long. We have a whole backlog of shows. We have our lives we do every other week um, with very special guests, usually from the Red 5 Network. Always a great time. So we'll see you next time. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars the Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars the Podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a Testosterone Wars production.